Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Welcome to another episode of the Sword and Shield. I am Chief Master Sergeant Christopher Howard, Superintendent of the 960th COG and Acting uh, Command Chief. And today with me I have... Master Sergeant Jovan Bryant, a Career Assistance Advisor over here at the 860th Cyber Operations Group, Robins Air Force Base. Awesome. Sergeant Bryant, I want to tell you thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to me today. Um, I look forward to, you know, kind of diving into uh, a little bit about uh, how you became a career advisor and some of the things that you've learned as a career advisor. So thank you for your time and uh, obviously thank you for your service. Say thank you, Chief, and thank you for this awesome podcast forum. <laughs> yeah, we kind of like it, I think, uh, for the most part, right? Uh, we definitely are able to get more information out to our airmen. And uh, one of the things that I'd really like to talk to or kind of get out to our airmen today is uh, what made you decide to be a career advisor? So roughly about two and a half years ago, I was, I was an E6, sort of kind of got to the last position that I could. So I was at the position where I had to cross train or leave the current unit that I was at in order to progress up. Okay. And, and during that time, I did reach out to my two uh, career advisors at the unit level, which they sort of, sort of counseled me in a way, but it was like an impromptu, like what kind of got you in. And then once I got on my spew of things, first sergeant kind of came up. So I was able to do some temporary first sergeant things at that time. Okay. But then it it pivoted to I'm, I'm getting out there, I'm speaking to a lot of individuals and they're sharing pertinent details that were towards the career side versus a first shirt, first shirt sort of thing. Okay. So I was actually introduced to pick up that additional duty as well. Um, down at the unit level, but I never walked walked those footsteps while I was there. So a few months later, this position became available, and my commander at the time recommended me for that position, which I, I'm now in that seat at the group level. Okay. Awesome. So, um, you know, when you talked uh, this through with your mentors and your career advisors, uh, what were the things that kind of stood out to you that made you want to do this job? So looking back just over my career, you know, I came from active duty 15 years and then the last five years have been with the reserves that everyone comes in for many different reasons, but they're not keeping track on whether they're checking those off. So the mentors that I've had over the time, chief. I've had one that told me to write down, you know, my next five year rule and keep that in my wallet. And if I'm not checking those off, I need to adjust my course. Gotcha. So a lot of the members that I've started talking to at the tech sergeant level, you know, it turns into they're even having problems speaking with their direct supervisors or their supervisors aren't around because of deployments. So they get stagnant. So they're looking for any help that they can. And just pulling from 
history that I've had from active duty time frame, there's a thing called CJR mm-hmm. um, that, that I had to get prior to me um, continuing my career. And then we've had some some rifts over the years where I was an involuntary set, but I wanted to keep going. But I've even had times where I wanted to get commissioned. So just having mentors step in and kind of give me those tools allowed me to do the service that I've I've been able to do, and I want to reciprocate that. I I don't want members, our Air Force members, to get out not reaching their full potential because they didn't have the information they need. So that's really what drives me in this position. Yeah, no, you know, looking back, I think that uh, a lot of us can uh, cue in on a a couple of those mentors or those key conversations. You know, there's a couple of people that come to mind from my career that that kind of helped uh, set the baseline. Um, and that's what I find that the career advisor is a great catch um, for when we do have some missteps or misunderstandings uh, in that development plan for airmen, right? I, I think right. That, that role is is definitely there. Plus, it, you know, it's a kind of a checks and balances piece, uh, much like the shirt is in some ways. Um, what are some of the things that you're seeing when you're catching these uh, airmen on their way out? So I've seen airmen that they uh – they, they came in for educational purposes. So they they knocked out the CCAF. They might be rock and rolling towards a bachelor's. But then their their jobs, they, they get sort of bored around the senior airman staff sergeant range to which they're looking to cross train. But then they don't know that process. And then ultimately, they, they don't either identify on the SRP, which... Uh, I would like to talk about that in a, in a little bit, but the, but they, they never see that. So nobody ever approaches them until it's the last second and they've already reached over to the outside. And sometimes it's money that draws them away or sometimes they just lose that, that sense of wanting to put on the uniform. That's what I've seen since I've been in this, in this seat. Gotcha. So as a focal point, I mean, you have a lot of conversations with airmen. Um, ideally, right, uh, us as leaders are having those conversations as well as those supervisors might have them. Um, I guess this is kind of pointed towards that, that first uh, first time supervisor. What words of advice uh, could you give that supervisor uh, or some questions that they could ask their airmen so that maybe we could get to the airmen faster, not that last week, that last moment um, where they're making that decision or the decision's already been made and, and we didn't have time to really inform them appropriately to make a good informed decision? So I believe as a supervisor, like a lot of our conversations are informal. Like we don't have to have that, you know, airman at attention sort of sort of stance. So it should be a natural conversation to where a flag should go up in your head to where if somebody is telling you what's keeping them motivated, as in stepping away from the education, but let's just just say that this airman or NCO has had somebody progress really in their career because they, they had the opportunity, opportunity, excuse me, to do a special duty. There are airmen that don't know about special duties. They don't know about the reserve vacancy. So at that time, that's where I would key in and sit them down on the computer and walk them through it. That way they have a, another tra- trajectory to potentially go up, you know? Um, right. That's, that's some of the things that I like to hit on. Um, Keep it as informal as possible and let let the members show you their map and then we aid as supervisors. 
gotcha. with, with the information. And, and my purse is an awesome source that I'm pointing a lot of my my uh, counselees, if you will. Uh, but a lot of my, my brothers and sisters in arms, I'm bringing them to my purse. I'm showing them how to navigate it. Gotcha. So with those airmen that uh, are, you know, kind of indicating that money might be an issue, you know, with that, that grass is greener on the other side. How do you approach that subject? That's a very good question. So I always like to bring up whenever we raise our hand and come in and put this uniform on every day, there's key benefits that we tend to just go through and utilize on an everyday basis. So whether it's we're in and out of education, you know, throughout the year, right. you know, leaning towards that bachelor's, possibly pursuing a master's or even the CCAF, um, that, that's all paid for. So it's really just the time that, that we're committing to that. And there's also um, airmen that might want to transfer those benefits if they have children. That's right. another thing that they might want to utilize. So so prior to them jumping out and having to assume 100 uh, percent responsibility of that, that's that's a conversation I, I, t- I tend to lean on um, the airmen that I speak to, the NCOs that I speak to, um, even some of the, the seasoned uh, members that, that are getting out, sir. Um, okay. And I kind of try to leverage that to have a full-on conversation, maybe get a little bit more thinking behind that that move, sir. Gotcha. Yeah, no, some great points there, right? Some of those benefits that we uh, take for granted or, or don't necessarily see as a as a 100% benefit uh, and pointing that out is good. But I also like to, to point out to Airmen is the networking capability, right? So I've talked to a number of chiefs. I've got a chief that I... I'd like to talk to in more depth sometime, uh, maybe as a podcast of, uh, you know, right now things might be going well in the career field that you're in. Maybe things are going quite well. Um, but as we've seen in uh, other dips and changes, especially within communications and cyber, uh, the, the, that bottoms out. So being engaged in a reserve unit allows for a network that you just wouldn't have access to. It gives you an opportunity to keep up on some skills uh, and keep up with uh, what the latest trends are, as well as where the industry is shifting and, and being engaged with some of those movers and shakers um, that are associated with uh, the wings. So that's an intangible you just can't get other than being part of this, uh, you know, this organization. Oh, 100%. You know, once that airman's made that decision, after we've been able to crack that nugget and crack that egg on that airman and they've decided that, you know, maybe I want to stay, uh, what's the process uh, for our airmen to then re-enlist or extend? Great question, sir. So whenever a member enlists, they're normally on a three, four, five, six-year contract. So that establishes an ETS. So the ETS is how we determine when the SRP will get triggered and sent out down to the member and the supervisor. So this is roughly the 14-month milestone that we look at, where we want to sit the members down and we go over the AFI that's utilized. Okay. Um, you know, is the 36-2606. But what that breaks down is how is the member performing? Yeah. We start to go over the potential. Does their grade skill level match up? there's a lot of important things that the supervisor can hit and highlight with the member to let them know that this is a really good fit for you. Let's 
let's continue to exercise some of these capabilities that 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 the members are are going for right yeah so with that that's when the supervisor let lets the the member know that they're a great fit for the for the military to continue on and they would recommend gotcha who initiates the uh, the srp so the srp is is system generated and then it comes from the wing career advisor down to the group and then i'll separate those out for my gsus and I would send those to the unit career advisors, to which they would reach out to the supervisor. You know, we did have a couple of hiccups during pandemic where right. a lot of this went via email. But as we're starting to come back in person, these will get handled typically during the UTA with the supervisor mm-hmm. from the, the unit career advisor perspective. Gotcha. And um, that, that automatically gets out at 14 months out from the ETS, correct? The system's supposed to generate uh, the SRP that goes to the supervisor. The supervisor has to look at the record, look at the member, um, and then make a determination. But that's that's really one of those um, moments for feedback and also to initiate that unit career advisor conversation, correct? That is correct. That way, you know, if, if the member knows what side of the fence they're on, that gives them enough drive to push towards um, those proper benchmarks that are that are set before them. Gotcha. And so that goes through that 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 approval process, right? So the supervisor says, "Yes, um, you know, Airman Snuffy is the best airman that I've ever had. It's a pleasure serving with Airman Snuffy because they are absolutely the best airman." Um, what, then it goes to the superintendent, correct? And then the superintendent uh, signs off on that. So it it go from the the supervisor to the to the um, unit career advisor, and they would. They would process it so it gets in front of the commander. Okay. And based on those recommendations, the commander will will make his final decision on on the member. So he would okay. either recommend and then send it back up to the group, well, send it back up to me as a group career advisor, and I would do the updates for that. And that opens the gate. So now they're allowed to reenlist. The code is loaded, and then that's where we open the window for when they can actually do the reenlistment. Correct. Correct. And the, a big determining factor for that is six months out from the ETS, you're eligible to reenlist. Okay. But if you're in the incentive program, you have to wait until 30 days out because we have to make sure we pay you what, what we owe you because you want to you're participating. Okay. So we have to give you that, that 12th month to, to reel that in. Okay. Um, are there any circumstances other than incentive uh, pay that adjusts uh, when you can re-enlist? You know, like a PCS potentially or a pending assignment uh, or a school, anything like that that may drive you to re-enlist prior to that, you know, later or earlier than six months out or any time in between? Yeah, so retraining is, is one to where we can look at potentially extending depending on, on the time frame that you're uh, you get accepted and picked up for the retraining. Okay. But then there's also members that exercise the ATR program. So if, if you're leaving from a traditional reservist going into an ATR, we would have to look at the amount of time that you have to enter in for that contract, okay. which we would allow a reenlistment and or extension. Gotcha. What determines the difference between an extension and a, a reenlistment then? The SRP is definitely the, the first step. So the first step, we would have to have that indication on whether the member is eligible for reenlistment. Yeah. But, but 
prior to, there's some prerequisites that you have to, the member has to go through in order to make themselves completely eligible. One being medically qualified to go forward. So if I'll just use that for this example, if, if the member has sent off their, their documents to their medical facility and they are approaching ETS and they haven't received clearance back, that's grounds for potentially a six-month extension that we can utilize one of the rules that are in Table 9.1 of the AFI to where we would extend. And then once they've met that requirement, they are signed off medically, then they would be eligible to re-enlist. Okay. That's how those two those two uh, items work, work together. Gotcha. So... We've covered the the positive side. Let's just say that for some reason, um, Airman Snuffy's just not meeting the mark, right? And that as a supervisor, I think that we've been, I've got proof. I, I've developed Airman Snuffy. I've, I've given them opportunities to succeed, but we're just not hitting the mark. What if I want to deny that reenlistment? What does that look like? So if, if the supervisor denies and then it gets to the commander and the commander concurs, right. that's where the next action goes forth. So the commander with the unit career advisor's assistance, they would bring up a, the Air Force Form 418, which is the Selective Reenlistment Program Consideration. It's a document where they have to spell out why the, the member is ineligible. Okay. And then the clear cut way that the member can make themselves eligible with a time frame, because at that time, the member also has the ability to appeal that okay. choice. So that is a process that we have to allow to happen. So we make sure we educate all commanders on this, as well as the unit career advisors um, to where if it is a non-rec, the member will have ability to appeal and it has to be documented on a form 418 that will come up to the wing level and ultimately up to headquarters gotcha um so then that that's really determined based on the fact we're going 14 months out this is where that determination is being made so we're given uh, airman snuffy you know 13 to 14 months uh to to kind of hit that that mark right to, to hit that mark yes sir okay Awesome. No, I think that we've gotten some great information with the, with this conversation. Just wondering if, as a group career advisor, what other pieces of uh, advice could you give to our gladiators out there? So for my gladiators that are tuned in right now, I've got three educational resources that I want you to uh, jot down and actually just utilize it for yourself and utilize it for the members that are underneath you. So the very first one is the Air Force Virtual Education Center. If you are chasing your CCAF or wondering whether or not you're even close to it, that's a great place for you to, to go visit. If you're trying to do a TA request, that's, that's where you would stop to actually push towards and knocking down these educational milestones that you have. And also Meal Connect. You know, I spoke earlier about potentially transferring your benefits to maybe even your spouse or, or your loved ones that, that are your dependents. You would actually go to Meal Connect for that. Okay. So Meal Connect is another resource I would love our gladiators to make sure they uh, educate themselves on and just make sure there's an awareness while, while you're serving. That was the Air Force Virtual Education Center, AFBEC. Okay, and yes, you sir. get that through the portal, correct? 
that's right there on the portal. I know the okay. portal homepage has sort of changed with, with the quick links there. Gotcha. But if you get in the quick links, type in AFVEC, that it gets you right there to the Virtual Education Center and also Mill, Mill Connect. Okay, awesome. What other resources do you have for them? There's also the Air Force Learning webpage where you can get free resources that will just help you improve your network security, for one, for all my cyber gladiators out there. There's also some supervisory tools out there, some management and leadership tools, um, but just some things to kind of stimulate that the brain, sort of keep you re-blued. Okay. Um, so the Air Force Learning, that, that's another website that you can utilize when you're on your office. Off time. Gotcha. And I can access that through the portal as well. And that's different than my learning, correct? Or is it connected with my learning? That's connected with, with my learning, sir. Okay. Awesome. I'm old. I'm trying to jot things down as you speak. So sometimes I'm a little bit behind. What other advice can you give them? For all my members that are in my GSUs, but just all those that are listening, find out who your unit career advisors are. And then if there is a opening, if you're a seven to nine skill level, we'll be glad to bring you on board and actually train you up. That way you'll be educated and we can spread this wealth of knowledge. So so that's my one little nugget for uh, career advisors out there, because this um, is a, has been a great opportunity for me coming from the unit to the group level. And it just changed my whole perspective on what we do. And I'm really glad to serve in this time in my career at this level. Awesome. No, I appreciated that, Sergeant Bryant. Definitely some great information there, you know, some good key advice on how to, you know, get that, that first conversation going on. Um, obviously, I think you and I could both agree that, uh, that that we shouldn't be having that conversation at 14 months. We need to be having that, uh, that conversation during our regular feedbacks. We need to be having that conversation uh, in general throughout uh, an enlistment with our airmen and make sure that we're making that connection. Understanding their why helps develop them. Uh, understanding uh, what drives them helps uh, focus them, right? Uh, and right. that's really where that career, the unit career advisor, that supervisor, all of us as a, as a leadership team, as a development team come into play. And then, uh, you know, breaking down that SRP and, and how that goes. So I really do appreciate that, Sergeant Brian. Sure. So I think we're we're closing this out. Was any other uh, great gladiator uh, words of advice uh, from you, Sergeant Bryant? Well, I would definitely say uh, as as you're serving um, in, in any capacity, just just make sure we're we're taking care of each other just through conversation. I mentioned earlier, it doesn't always have to be rigid and robotic. Just keep it as fluid and natural as possible because you'll never know who has the information that you'll need to succeed. Right. Nope. Great. Great advice, Sergeant Bryant. Uh, to all those gladiators out there, you know, definitely uh, understand what resources you have available. Um, do some good research. Find those mentors. Ask your unit career advisor uh, about any of the programs going on. Um, they'll help you understand and navigate uh, through the the, the nitnoy pieces of uh, of getting reenlisted, continuing your service. So uh, I hope uh, you guys have a great day. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your support. Uh, thank you for everything you do out there and getting after uh, our, uh, our enemy. And uh, remember to uh, stab them in the face through cyberspace. Have a great day.